This is Superlative, a podcast about watches, the people behind them, and the worlds that inspire them. Spending time with the blog to watch community and the stories we discover. Let's get started. Hey everyone, Ariel Adams here with the Superlative Podcast. My guest once again is Mr. Nico Vanderhorst. Nico, welcome back. Thank you so much, mate. Thank you so much. Good to see, good to hear you. Good to hear you again. Yeah, I feel like I'm speaking to like a musician because you're kind of on tour, right? I am. You're kind of like <laughs> speaking to me between gigs. You're doing a quick media interview. Uh, uh, is that what your life is like right now? Yeah, it's a bit crazy. Of course, uh, of course, I'm traveling for for Pride and Pinion as well. Uh, but there's a lot of things uh, that are happening and uh, meeting a lot of subscribers, meeting a lot of uh, people in the industry. So yes, it's a bit of a bit of a crazy tour, to be honest. I love it. I enjoyed it so much. One of the things I want to talk about, which uh, hopefully will be interesting chat for you, is is kind of the evolution of what your job has become because you know this is the second podcast we've done the mm-hmm. other one was over a year ago and a lot has changed in just that short amount of time yeah. and i think what's interesting is that your career and people like you 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 don't just do one job you do a few jobs at the same time and what happens in my opinion this is really really want your input is after you've been doing this for a while you start realizing you're being tugged in different directions and you can't go all of them at the same time. And once in a while, I'm guessing you have to remind yourself like, wait, what's my job? What am I doing? Am I a media influencer? Do I sell watches? Am I a, a, you know, am, am, am I just a, a, an event host? Like what, what do actually do I do for a living? And I just want to know some of your initial feedback because I'm guessing all this and more is on your mind a lot. It is so difficult to balance. And what you're saying is absolutely correct. It's so difficult to balance that it's bizarre since the last time we spoke i need a lot of change including uh, you've 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 been speaking with laura i now have an assistant that manages that so how we do this actually is interesting because we talk about our goals every week right what do we want to achieve and we just make it happen and i'm not i'm not very good i'm not a good person i can't say no i just can't say no i would like to say yes to everyone Right, and this is where Laura uh, comes in, and and she's she's properly managing that. So that's uh, that's amazing. Like, but it's uh, it's it's the exciting part as well, not knowing what your actual job is, where you're gonna. <laughs> because I love that. I I love being like a lot of people can't deal with that because it doesn't give them structure. I I love this wildness. Right, it is it so is very list wild. out some of the jobs. I used to do this, you know, when talking about what I do running a blog to watch, which again is many jobs, but list list out some of them so people can appreciate that these are all like distinct roles that, you know, in another context would be for one human being to do. Yeah. So public speaker, right? I've never okay. never never yeah, done yeah. never done public speaking in my life. And all of a sudden uh companies and events they 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 come out and, and watch brands as well, funny enough. And then all of a sudden I had to do a public speaking event in Glasgow for the first time and I was like this is really scary because now I can see the people, right? <laughs> like it's crazy. My videos are being watched all over the world. We we average about thirty five million views every month. No problem. I stand in front of a thousand people and I get nervous, right? It's it, different. It's different. It's different, right? So that is one part. It's funny because my my background. I remember when I was in law school, and we actually sort of had what you would call public speaking courses, and the whole idea is like how to speak intelligently 
in front of a room of people and also how to handle distractions. I remember we had these classes where um, you would try to have a legal argument. And while you were having a legal argument, the other people in class would throw papers at you and make noises. Yeah. And the whole point was to try to stay on, on track and not be distracted. And, and so I'm sort of of this like last generation of people that grew up with sort of traditional public speaking training where you had to speak in front of people. But now a whole new set of people are doing it actually not knowing their public speaking because uh. you don't have the same feedback. If you're speaking to your phone or a camera, you might be communicating with huge amounts of people, as Nico said, but you don't get the same feedback. So the, the public speaking fear may never set in until you're actually in a room of people. Ah, the funny bit is, right, now my stories from Instagram are being viewed by, the average views is about 50,000, 60,000 people, right? And I put a story up. Yeah. And back in the day, we're talking about a couple of years ago, right? I thought it was the easiest thing to think, talk to your phone and, and talk to the people, but I had 500 people that watched it, right? And <laughs> now I find it a little bit more difficult, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I need to rethink and and, and uh, rewatch it three times is this good enough it, it gives me a little bit of a bit of an insecurity i'm not <laughs> i'm not gonna lie about that that is uh, no but this is, is normal Re remember remember this the way that you be got into media is historically very strange mm -hmm. the idea that you can generate an audience with no practice and then only later have to develop what we'll call a sense of professionalism like does that content work is that good It's such a strange thing because usually it's the other way around. People uh, have to train for years to make good content before they ever have a chance to have any audience. Exactly. Now you can accidentally stumble upon a great audience not really knowing what you did right. And then once you need to become serious about it, you theoretically can fumble it because you never really understood what to do in the first place. It was yeah. kind of this accidental success. Yeah. Now, I, my success was definitely very much accidental. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is which which is listen we uh, it was absolutely 100% uh, incidental but now now we have a great great group of people and we know what we're doing and how we're going to do it. it it's it's good now right but it's still a bit nervous because i'm still the same person i was two years ago right i'm still that that same same guy but Now I'm learning more aspects and things and my people expect as well different things from me. Well, I am still the same person. So it's a, it's a bit mad, right? But it's fun. So you go to other, you know, media personalities, influencers, whatever they're called these days, content creators for advice and mentorship. Yes. Because I found yeah. it, I, there wasn't that many in my space. And anytime I could find someone that knew a little bit more than me, I, I, I loved it. Like, what, what do they say to you and what do you But ask them? Give you an idea, right? Even with recording and stuff, there's certain things I struggle with. And a very good friend of mine, Joshua Wiseman, he's a chef, right? He's 9 million subscribers across YouTube. He is the only chef to ever do be a, a New York Times bestseller like 12 times, 12 weeks in a row with two books and like brilliant guy right but i thought the struggles i had were like struggles because i'm not used to being on camera or i'm like not used to this stuff and i i i just laid this out to him and he says yeah it's normal mate you're it's normal problems normal normal challenges it's exactly the same as i have and everyone else has and i'm like 
right? And he's a man of, right? <laughs> okay, so you you said public speaker is one job, and yeah. we we actually didn't even get past that. So what are some so, others? So of course, um, I visit my big clients personally, right? Big big clients. Um, uh, if we're buying specific watches or if we're selling specific watches, then on the big big ticket stuff, I am personally involved. So that's one part, and then I can be a watch dealer again or a watch seller, right? Which I absolutely in any way shape or form every way shape or form love the most because this is where it started this is what i am right uh, so that's another part then um every city that i am going through now or most of the cities they go through i tried to organize a meetup right so we done a meetup in norway and there were like 30 people but we announced it that day right and then in malta there were like 80 or 90 people I uh, lost the count there that was bizarre so you need to be there as a person as well and in between the traveling we're writing uh, stuff for uh, for a magazine or for the website and we're running another company and then all of a sudden today you hear on the phone that we have challenges with something in the business so I need to run a company while I'm traveling while I'm speaking, it's 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 so many things. It's very exciting, very difficult. It's uh, it's eleven thirty in the in the evening now, and I just arrived here in Germany, and now I'm doing a podcast. You see what I mean? I I know it, it never ends, and you I think you hit it earlier when you said that it's hard to say no. Yeah, I think the problem is is that one you you you're the type of person that likes to make people happy. I think you hate it when people are upset with you. Yeah, I yeah, think that's probably absolutely. part of what it is. I, I I know that feeling, but another one is is that. You always want to grow something. You know, you're like a builder. Yeah. And you're just excited about every opportunity because you like what you're doing. Right. And sometimes it's not a matter of yes or no. It's yes, but not right now. Like, <laughs> yes, for sure. But I have a schedule that actually is good because that means I can get things done. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of a, a rain check, if you will. It's sort of a polite, I would like to do this if you can wait a little bit. If not, I understand. Because that's probably more correct in terms of, you know, because I think a lot of times, again, the tendency is to say yes and leave it so open-ended. And then the other side gets disappointed. And that disappointment actually hurts you more in the long run than just being honest and being like, I love the idea, but I honestly can't get to it for four months. No, exactly. And this is where Laura is a star, right? I can't say that because I just, oh, we'll do it tonight. Or we'll sure do you it. can. I don't feel like I'm... Like, I just, I hate that. I just hate to say no, right? <laughs> if it's just like, I don't want to disappoint people. And and now, now like, my persona is, is growing, which is extremely, like, like the success, like I said, was accidental. But now we need to make sure that it that it doesn't stay accidental, if you know what I mean. And 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 it, it, it's going very well. And traditional media is picking me up. And I do stuff for TV now and then a magazine and, it's really cool. But every city I'm being recognized and every city I try to give everyone the same amount of attention I would when I wasn't as busy, if you know what I mean. So yeah, it's, yeah. I find that Laura is, Laura is hardcore. Laura is like black or white, right? It's like, I'm going to go through this. No is no. And I'm like, okay, okay. And this is what I kind of needed in my life. <laughs> right. Is the business model still mostly about selling watches? Our media, we, a few things have changed, right? So I made a mistake in business, right? And this is an interesting one. Because as okay. as as much as I wanted Pride and Pinion to be the absolute opposite of me, 
right? Because I am so outspoken and I am a little bit, uh, I'm a bit, people would, some people would consider me in the industry quite controversial, which I absolutely disagree with. I'm just honest. We got feedback that the, that brands or people found me very unpredictable, uh, which is not my problem, but I don't think I'm very unpredictable. Well, they love predicting things. We exactly. know that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just being me. I'm being honest and I don't change. And I wanted Pride and Pinion to be the exact opposite of that, right? To be extremely formal, to be just luxury all over the show, right? And I made a big mistake with that because I, I learned that that is wrong because it's my business and it needs to reflect me, right? Now, there is... There is a there's 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 of course great levels of of me, but I um, I, I wanted it to be so extremely luxury and and like the like the what the the authorized dealers were. Now I kind of made a mistake yeah. with that, and that we're changing that, and we're changing that. We changed that the last couple of months, and it's going significantly better. And we're getting the team involved on camera. If you go on Instagram, you see our team members, and we're having fun, right? We're showing fun because that is the thing. We didn't show any personality with pride and opinion, right? How can I own a business? And it's me. And this I founded it. I started it with the team. We built it. The way it is now, and so you're saying that it was more, it was fancy but sterile. Yeah, very sterile, right? And, but that was purposely done okay. because that's what I thought was going to be needed. Yeah, you to start succeed. by going in the stores, and the stores are fancy but sterile, and uh, it's logical to sort of take away that this is the right way until it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly, and it didn't work. So we're changing. We've changed that. We showed a lot of personality, and then I thought about the future. Ariel, I thought about our future and what, where do we want to, where do we see see each other, or where do we see us in ten years, right? And I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't like this gray market stuff at all. I don't want to be, I want to sell watches, right? And I want to sell pre-owned watches and I want to sell new watches, right? So I thought that, like, we were thinking, like, what do we want? And I just want to become uh, a watch dealer that can, or a watch trading company that works hybrid, that is an authorized dealer for several brands, but also sells pre-owned watches, ideally certified, and that is now the strategy, uh, and that's the direction we're going, with Pride and Pinion. Uh, we just signed two, we, no one knows about this yet, we haven't announced this yet, two huge brands, absolutely huge, right? Completely, like, crazy that we've been able to achieve that. Um, but there's social power that, 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 that makes that happen because. So you're talking as, as an authorized dealer. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to, okay. I want to be a hybrid between, between authorized dealer and selling pre-owned watches. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Now I want to talk a little bit about this website redesign because you said something interesting about how your initial idea about what would make sense didn't, and that's good. You experimented and you're learning, but functionally speaking, how do you add that personality? You'd, you mentioned that the content didn't show personality, and uh, you're, you're probably correct. But now what is it that you do? What is the goal in terms of, is it a design thing? Is it about no. the content, like the videos you create? Like, what is it about? Right. So this is how I think, right? And I've, I've, maybe I've said this in the last podcast. I don't know. But I, I need to add value, right? I need to add value. And I can either add value by teaching people in an entertaining way, right? Because education via entertainment, that is the easiest way to teach people things. And that is how YouTube is, 
That's how. That's literally what YouTube is, right? That's how we do it, and it's incredible, and it worked, right? Now, I don't want to be as outrageous as we are, or supposedly we are on YouTube on Pride and Opinion. So I want to level that. But the key here is to understand that we need to add value first before we're allowed to make money. And if you're uh, add enough value, then you're allowed to make a few quid, right? So it's all about education. And I want to share the news. I want to I want to do fun stuff. Uh, wrist shot, it's Wednesday today. Wrist shot Wednesday. I want to see everyone's, everyone's wrist shot on Instagram with a story and a the 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 best wrist shot gets a free watch roll or whatever, right? Being engaging, being there, being showing some personality and adding value. I think that that, that is now what we actually do with Pride and Opinion. So that's very interesting you mentioned that. And what I actually think about is the way that we used to have DJs on the radio. And the idea was that most of the DJs had access to the same music, right? Like yeah. very back in the day, it was like, what music do you have? More recently, it's, Everyone more or less has the same music. So how does why would somebody listen to one DJ's broadcast versus another's? And that's their personality. That's them being a good host. Exactly. Like what you said is adding value. So the challenge, and this is where I'm interested, is you can't be the DJ at every party no. all the time. No. How do you take what you do and somehow hire other people to be, I don't want to say mini Nikos, I don't want to insult no. them, but it's like they have to come at the content with the same mentality as you being them but maintaining that that right chemistry and mind you this is one of the biggest challenges of personality based businesses like yours and like mine for that yeah. matter where people listen to you not because of the the information you have not that it's unique you know other people have your watches other people can get watch news but you know or, or can give watches where where your added value comes in is great, but can you scale that to other people? I think that's the interesting thing. And for you, I'm just curious, obviously you've broached this before, but what is your strategy or what is your current thinking about this idea of hiring other versions of you that aren't you, but are close enough? I would actually um, counteract that. And, and, and basically, I, okay. I don't really, what you're saying is absolutely correct, but what I want is not another version of me, right? If there's okay. 10 people, 10 people in a row, there's three of these 10 people that absolutely hate me, right? That's always the case, right? Well, I, mean, I mean, just an engaging personality, yeah, engaging. Not, not a copy of you, but someone else who can speak in an engaging way that commands attention. Uh, so for me, for me, our team is based out of complete different personalities, right? And we've, we have literally focused on specific personality, completely different. What is really calm and Tell collective. So we have a, a mark. Right. Mark is Mark is very young. He's very eager. He's a great talker. Right. That's Mark. Then we have Gavin, a very an older guy is very formal, very, very worked, worked, worked for what uh, was the protection specialist for 15 years. Right. And then we have Graham and then like a complete different personality from 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 Gavin. Then we have Connor. Connor is a bit of a joker like me, right? So we have different personalities, complete different personalities that all together, we have Kieran as well, we have Kel, we have, we have several people, but uh, also on the camera now, right? That all coming together. And to give you an idea, there's there's when there's 10, 10 people that buy a watch, right? There's two people from the 10 or three people of the 10 that would never buy a watch from me. 
but would would like to buy a watch from a person like Gavin, who's very calm, very collective, very serious, right? Very formal, right? So say there's two more people that wouldn't buy from Gavin, but that would buy from uh, a personality as, uh, as Connor, right? So, so it's it, the superhero sales team. That's yeah, the idea. Yeah, so none, none of us, none of the sales guys have the same experience, have the same, are in the same age group. They're all in a, we're all, we all try to balance that perfectly so we can speak to a wider range of people. And this is how we've actually hired, right? And this is how, okay. we, now, we, how we now are on camera. Right. Okay. And, and and it seems like we're we're tracking data, right? So data is key here. So we're looking at stats and we're looking at the data and we see, okay, this works, this works with this brand. So if we talk about a specific brand like Patek Philippe, then Gavin is perfect. Graham is perfect with Tudor. Right. And you see that you see that literally in the video stats. And that that's quite funny. No, this is this is great, and I'm glad you're speaking about it. And your approach, uh, which not everyone can do for that matter, I think you're a little bit more practical in terms of your mindset. Some people are they're so focused on their own personality and ego, they can't for five minutes recognize that they don't speak to everyone. Exactly. You know, and you automatically know that there's some people who love listening to you, and there's other people that for whatever reason never will. Yeah. And rather than fight that and be upset about it, you're like, but you know what? They'll listen to that guy or that girl. Exactly. They just won't listen, they won't listen to me. So your approach, and which is I think quite intelligent, others should listen, is try to as best you can fill in the gaps. You're like, okay, yeah. Nico speaks to these people, but I'm not 30 years older than I am, and 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 there's someone like that that people want to speak to. So it's, of course, you can't have a salesperson for everyone, but ideally, you know, pride and opinion should have a personality that can engage with not all, but many different types of watch buyers, right? Exactly. And that, that, is, that is what I figured out, right? But the only way to figure that out is just being honest and truthful and say, okay, we just, we're not good enough at the moment, <laughs> you see? And then you try to figure out why you're not good enough and why you're not getting the sales. Now, here's the interesting thing, strategically speaking. We live in a world right now, which especially in your space, dominated by the entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. which is good, which has allowed business models to, to be created. I mean, I think that's what's great about it is the entrepreneurial drive allows the invention of not just personalities like Nico, but the business models that you're creating and you're evolving over time, which is excellent. But there's a downside. And the downside is it's very difficult to retain people because the moment they feel like they can do it themselves... Sometimes they try to, for better or worse. So the question is, what is the tie that binds all of you? You have your different personalities, but what is the common string which holds you all together so that you feel that you're better doing it as a team than individually? And I'm not trying to say that any of your, your team members lack loyalty, but it is common where this type of, uh, of thing happens. And I think that any person like yourself wanting to invest in people also wants to retain people. Yeah. And I think it's really crucial because the ability to scale um, a network such as yourselves has not yet been proven. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right there. The good thing is, is that we communicate with our team, right? And the, the work atmosphere that we have is something that I would consider as unique, right? We have a lot of fun together as a team. And besides that the people are well-paid, right? which they can do, they can get well-paid in other jobs, they won't be able to get, there's not an atmosphere like we have in our office. It's just simple as, and that is worth a lot. I would actually, I would actually say that 
a lot of lot of our our team are, are friends with each they're literal friends like they go out in the, in the weekends they go out together right and that that's funny to see right because i'm somewhere else and then i see the whole team in a photo uh, together and that is something that is this i think unique in its, in its way shape or form but this is also how we run the company right because it's a we job i founded the company but as a team we've built it together and this is why we barely have had people leave in our business uh, because there is not not just this atmosphere but there is also a lot of potential for for growth because as a leader i stood up stand up in our boardroom and say okay what are we going to do and what do you think and we just vote on it together it sounds really stupid but it's maybe maybe unheard of but it seems to work for us and everyone is involved in every decision we make. No, thank you. I mean, your company is still young and things will evolve. You know, just prepare for that. But right. I think this conversation is so salient because the alternative is so vastly different. What I mean by that is in the watch area, let's say you want to work in the watch industry. Most of the traditional jobs are by currently corporate-owned companies yeah. or very sort of conservative old-world companies whether you're at a watch brand or in retail or something like that. And that type of job experience um, has a lot of downsides. I'll just sort of say that. And then companies, uh, again, like a blog to watch and the other media space, and then sort of some of the more uh, digital-focused retailers um, like Pride and Pinion, have innovated by offering a work environment that is an alternative that is so vastly different now you know, obviously there's going to be more stability at the corporate-owned ones, but their work environment is so less fun <laughs> or comfortable or human. By comparison, there's a lot for the industry to learn about some of this more like sort of friend approach. And, you know, blog to watch is also like that, where you feel like you're a bunch of people with the same mission, you're yeah. not just working at some company, hoping for favor, hoping for promotion, hoping to please the, the some some boss you've never met before. You're you you have a mission, the mission to do to deliver some type of experience, to do something, to help somehow, to build something, and it requires you know a lead personality to create that vision. And I guess that's my next question: is when you tell them what are we building, what are we doing? Obviously, you have a lot of very practical things to say about sales, like you have to add value. I think yeah. that's like sales one hundred and one. But what else do you try to do in terms of building the vision that obviously people are subscribing to? So for us, I, I like to. Uh, if you look at our logo, it's a crown, right? And every every it's a, like it looks like a crown, but the crown is made out of opinions, right? So that's why it's called pride, pride opinion. There you go. But every opinion has a value, which is key, and these are the values that we stand by, right? Expertise, passion, fun, entertainment, and adding value, right? And these are the the the, the five most important things, and this is what we what we want. We want to be part of, of a customer's a customer's journey, not just for one watch, but for their future. And this is really, really important. People buy from people, and I will never, ever put a sales script in front of anyone. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. But what I do ask for my team is, instead of just selling a watch and delivering a product, or sending a watch, or sending a product, right? But every single sale Think about one thing and one thing only. What extras can you do that do, right now for the consumer? What extras can you do without without it costing money? 
right? Really money without spending a lot of money or without uh, a financial incentive. And I think that that one, that one is vitally important. And this is where the team is also thinking. Uh, does that make sense? No, it, it, it does. And I, I actually want to hear more about what they ask you, because I think that's there's one thing to tell them how to do it. Another, another thing is when they come to you with, I don't want to call them problems, but situations, and they're like, Nico, how would you handle it? What are some of the you know, types of situations that you have to help mediate, resolve, or just advise on on a regular basis? So on a regular basis, of course, we're talking about, uh, like we're never talking about sales strategies, right? Because that's not not relevant. Uh, and then they're sales guys, I shouldn't be, you, like we, we don't tell anyone to do their jobs. But what we see is more watch-related, specific watch-related uh, challenges, right? And what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And pricing. Right, that's a that's a big thing. But the team is very self sufficient, and with Stephen, Stephen is my MD. Stephen, uh, he, he runs the company now, so I'm not the MD anymore, um, and that allows me to 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 lay out the the, the next the next phase of our business, right? I'm being in 3.0, and um, I am I basically I built the stones and I built the foundation, and then Stephen builds the rest. And uh, maintains maintains it. It's like a like a house. So I I don't have the direct challenges anymore. Luckily, right? I do in conversations with Stephen, but it is also always about resources. Let's put it that way. But um, you're, you're still the mentor in chief, though. Yes, I am. I am, and I always push for resourcefulness. Right? And uh, <laughs> it's hard when you're a privately owned company without any investors. Sometimes. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Hi, I'm Ariel Adams, founder of A Blog to Watch with a message from eBay, a platform I probably use daily. Make sure your watches are the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guarantee. I believe it's the first and best service of its kind that protects your luxury purchases and checks each watch individually at eBay's highly reputable authentication partner, Stolen Company, in the United States. From band to bezel, their authenticators ensure each wristwatch matches the eBay listing and is the real deal. Authenticity guarantee is also very fast. Once authentication is complete, your watch is securely delivered via rapid two-day shipping. Surprisingly, eBay's authenticity guarantee service is free for all watches priced $2,000 and up. No one should buy a luxury item without an authenticity guarantee. Do what I do and check eBay before each watch purchase because everyone deserves real. So what was the decision like to hire a managing director? I mean, this is a common thing where, you know, a lead creative personality says, I'm being bogged down by day-to-day tasks and I can't be everywhere. And my biggest value to the company is in doing this other thing. But seating control is a delicate matter. It is. And I just sort of wanted to hear, in your opinion, uh, when is it the right time to do that? And what was that like for you? Because again, that is not an easy task. No, um, the right the right time to do it is when you realize that um, you're not good enough for the job. Very simple. That you, when there's people, when you know that there's people that are better at that job, that's the moment you uh, you need to start looking for someone um, that can take over your job. Stephen is significantly better in, in structured and processes. He's experienced with that. He ran several. Uh, authorized dealers across the uh, across the UK as a, as a, as a, as, the, as the main manager is very 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 good with the team right i i'm 
I'm everyone's friend, right? And that is that is that is a blessing, but also a a curse because you hired a bad cop. Yes, exactly, right? So it's a really good good balance there. But Stephen is is so smart in in, in protocols and and has so much experience with that. Uh, Ariel, I I have no experience in running running a company of this size. Stephen does, and that is that is the moment when I realized I'm just not good for this. I'm not I I'm not helping the business in any way, shape, or form. I need to be working in my strength, which is creating creating uh, or growing the business rather than maintaining the business. Um, I uh, I hired Stephen. Thank you for explaining all that. I think that was very. Um prescient to sort of explain that you do it when you realize that you're not good enough to do the job properly and that there's people that rely on it being done better. Yeah. I have I have a couple of interesting questions about that. Obviously a big part of your business is, you know, your media and your media outreach. Is that part of your hiring process? Do you tell people, hey, we're looking for so and so, or do you actually hire a lot more discreetly than you produce media? Um we hire quite discreetly, right? But we also like the people know, uh, the people like we completely, we are very transparent. If you're not not very comfortable in front of a camera, then we need to, then we we're gonna have a problem, right? But <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, it is what it is. But you know what, the team that we've hired, we've hired uh, a good few new people in the last couple of months, right? And there were none of these guys were uncomfortable on camera, and it was never a conversation. The funny bit is, or the challenge was, getting the pre the the first the first people that we've hired that were never used on a camera but still saw me floating about right to get them in front of the camera so we had a lot of we needed to do a lot of not training but practicing if you know what i mean interesting interesting i do i do i i I have some advice if that's okay because maybe you know it but it's again as i listen to you speak i think about stories of others and mistakes that Uh, you might want to avoid that you wouldn't necessarily know about. And it is a sort of CEO problem that can happen. And what you do is you hire someone who you think knows stuff better than you, as you mentioned, process and systems and stuff like that. And then they come in and you start to feel like, okay, they're handling stuff. Where I think the mistake comes in is, is not recognizing that you have to continue educating that CEO on how you want things done. Not telling them how to do their job, but communicating to them your vision, how you approach problem solving, because systems can, are cold and, and impersonal by nature and don't allow. So if you just copy a system from another company, which has a culture you don't like, and then you use it at your company, then you've integrated something you don't like yeah, without really knowing it. Exactly. And so you still have to participate in the formulation of policy, in the communication of policy, um, and just in general, in terms of how the CEO does administration, because that's really what you want to run away from. You're creative, and you're like, screw administration. I agree. It's not bad. It's just... The, the, bra- the part of your brain, which is a good administrator, is a terrible content creator. And the part of the brain is a great content creator is a terrible administrator. Yeah. So asking someone to do both, um, and again, I know, I've been there, uh, it, it's just, um, it's not fair, right? Because it's just, it's bad for everyone involved. Exactly. And so, it, I, I, again, I, I, hope, I hope I wasn't trying to like tell no, you I how to do things that. because I've seen that before. Ariel, Ariel, I, I, love, I love hearing 
this stuff, right? Because this is this is this is all this is gonna help me. I have no experience in in in, in like I started the company seven years ago and, and it was just me, right? And now all of a sudden we have so many people and we have a media business and we have this business and it's just going left, right, and center. And I don't have experience with this. So like you see more things. You've been involved in with significant uh, people, more significant people, smarter people. You're 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 a very highly intelligent uh, uh, guy. <laughs> I mean, I can only learn from that, right? So I appreciate that very much. And you're absolutely right. This is something I have not, um, um, I've, I personally not really thought about. So I'm taking that one on board, and I'm going to do something with that because we we looked at processes. How is it done somewhere else? But why are we changing something that worked to make it easier, but make it more corporate? Why why are we going to go in that direction? That's not our DNA. You'll have to fight your admin more than you want to, and it'll it'll result in a better thing. But what you actually have to do is say, don't do the easy thing, which is copy the process which already exists. Do the hard thing, which is adapted for our needs. And that right. adaptation requires meetings and listening to me and being creative and all the stuff they hate to do. Because it, right. as process people, they're good at applying processes. Coming right. up with new ones, that's out of their wheelhouse. Right. So the funny bit is, so we hired the social, a social media manager, right? And I never, Ariel, I never wanted the social media manager. I didn't. It's like, we do this ourselves, right? But we needed a social media <laughs> manager. We had to because we couldn't, right? With the strategy where we wanted to go with Pride and Pinion. And like I said, I made that mistake where I thought it needed to be so extremely the opposite of me. I was like, we can't, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't do 900 things at the same time. So we, we hired a very, very clever guy and he, he's very good. Um, but he's used to things a certain way, right? He's done the, the job before, obviously. And I was like, right. I don't know how to tell him this, Stephen. Yeah. But like Stephen, my uh, my MD is like Steve. I don't know how to tell him, um, but uh, we need to we need we need to go a different direction. So please, Stephen, tell him. <laughs> you see what I mean? That's the that's the difficult bit. It's uh, it's funny, like <laughs> no. I mean, thank you for sharing that. And again, I I have to sort of urge the fact that I have seen. These situations happen many times. I went to school to be an entertainment lawyer, and the whole idea was to represent talent because it is known throughout history that people who are talent, whether a musician or a public speaker of some type or a personality, are not good at this business stuff. But because they achieve success themselves, meaning they themselves became popular, they become accustomed to sort of winging it all the time or just sort of figuring out themselves, which when it comes to business decisions, is a very different proposition than what's the next thing to say to the camera. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. There is, this is, it is like, I have winged everything. My entire life is, I, I've, I've, I've not planned anything, right? But now as a business, we can't do that, right? We simply can't do that. We have too many, resp- too much responsibilities. Uh, we have too many, too many great, amazing clients. And we have an incredible team of people which rely on this job, right? On our business. So we can't wing it any, we shouldn't be winging it anymore. We should now start planning. And this is where Stephen came in and just done incredibly well, right? Our mission statements. I've never even thought about a mission statement. Ariel, I never wrote a business plan in my life. We now have a pitch deck and then crazy, all sorts of mad deck with, we have a pride opinion handbook 
80 pages. What's going on? I've never heard of that. <laughs> right? It's so funny. It is so funny. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to caution you now. In their next conversation, what we should do is examine some of these handbooks and these policies and we'll ask ourselves, does it look like something that Nico would come up with? Because I think that <laughs> if you don't amazing. do that enough of the time, uh, oh. you'll be surprised. Uh, again, I celebrate the position you're in right now, but just being the cautious person I am who, have, who has seen this go on, the work doesn't end here. No. If you don't consistently inject yourself, remember, you are a master of reinvention. Right. You keep telling me, all these stories about how you change something and change something and change something again until it was the way you want it to be. In your company, this is not going to happen without you as being a catalyst. Because everyone else other than you that works for you is born of a different cloth. In their mind, you do it right and then you just keep doing it. For you, it's never done right. You're never really satisfied. You always think it could be done better. The next time should be better than the last time as a policy which is sort of the wrong mentality for someone who's supposed to do a routine job every single day, like sort of customer service. So you need to push them just enough so that their job every single year advances a little bit. Otherwise, their nature, their human nature is to remain static once they found a successful behavior that works for them. I I will, uh, listen, we're going to do this, 100%. I would love that. Right? Is this is this <laughs> what I would do? Right? <laughs> well, we'll do no, a few but can you see what I mean it. and how Absolutely. that's important? It is very, very important. And and you know what the funny bit is, right? So Friday, last Friday, we entered into we we got a complete new office and and uh, and it cost us a lot of money, right? A new office and, and we wanted the office built a specific way. And we, we we didn't try to save money. We've done this right because we want to make sure that the environment is very inspirational, that we can bring clients there as well next to our shop. Right, we have a shop, uh, of course, and then we have our proper uh, office. So there's two locations, and I wanted to be, I wanted to be able to give two experiences. But the most important thing is the well-being of our of our of our team. How are they feeling? Are they feeling inspired? Do they have fun? Stuff like that, right? So we've we've done that part, right? And in the boardroom, so in our new boardroom, we have this because I travel a lot, right? It's just a joke. Um, this month is, what month? This is June, it's 28th of June. I have this flight tracker thing and I've done 36, 37 flights to date. This is only this month, right? Um, that's uh, quite a bit of flights. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous flights. And we have this new camera system in the boardroom, right? Where previously I wasn't, I, with the team meetings, I wasn't, if I wasn't, present physically in my office during a team meeting i wouldn't join the team meeting now for since we have this system right i still haven't joined that but <laughs> because we haven't had a team meeting in a new office yet because that's happening tomorrow i'm actually physically gonna be no not physically but i'm gonna be present via this fancy camera system right so i'm gonna be there and i have my lines and i have my i have my my idea of how i want to want to proceed so what you're saying is correct and funny enough i would i would just normally listen in but i'm going to approach the meeting tomorrow a little bit different so uh, i appreciate that <laughs> yeah and that's great and that's going to be a big difference for everyone to feel like you're there so you're you're correct that that was a, a good move to make but just going to the question about the travel, it, it is a lot. Obviously, it's a part of the business. But um, maybe you can explain why is so much travel necessary? 
Uh, first of all, I live on an island, so if I want to go anywhere, I have to fly to London first, so that's always plus one, right? <laughs> and next to that, I, I just want to really be involved in our industry, right? And we've noticed this uh, significant, like, I don't know if you read, I, I know you don't really consume much, but I'm doing some stuff at Oracle Times. They 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 included me in there. Uh, what is it? Amount of influence in our industry, and like I'm getting way more mainstream attention now than ever before, and that in, that that means uh, there's more ser- there's more serious clients involved, right? And there's more big Great. time clients involved. There's more uh, money involved, and and that means I need to f- see more clients, which is incredible. And then of course, um, there's more events happening, and this is also a good season. Uh, Omega. I think Omega does something in in Greece there with the new Seamaster. Um, this week I'm at a Brabus event, right? That goes hand. It's a, that's an automotive automotive subject, but it goes hand in hand in the watch industry. So I try to be involved with as much as I can because that adds value. Um, in the in the at the end of the day, so um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of events and a lot of client visits, and uh, yeah, that's that's where. When you so okay so. Let's let's break this down because I think it's important. So you say adds value, and I'm hearing it at least in two ways. One of those ways is with the people you sell watches to. Yeah. They want to see you. Yeah. So you want to reach out to the people who are your big customers. They need the personal relationship. That's yeah. how business is done. That totally makes sense. But then you said something else, which is interesting, which is from a media perspective, uh, I'm guessing uh, your content might do better, might be more engaging if you're out somewhere doing something as opposed to being, you know, a talking head um, in a room somewhere, which is sort of how you got started, right? Yeah, because exactly. it's, it's, that's the, the, the beauty of the digital media is that you can be anywhere. Now you found that you need to be um, more mobile, even though you started, started this, being able to do what you do from anywhere. Right. So that's the key, right? To understand if, 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 if your restaurant is famous for your burger, you should never change that burger, right? Because that's where people. But you can add other kind of me, other kind of stuff around the burger. But you must never change the burger, right? So this is what we do at our channel. I'm known for the guy that reacts and is funny uh, on YouTube, or some people don't find it funny. <laughs> that's fine. But uh, I'm known for that, right? But it doesn't mean we're going to change that or stop that. No, we're going to add more ingredients to that or more uh more things to that and including for example uh seeing collections all over the world right or um showing people how we actually built this business right and how we actually work um another part is being being very very busy in the automotive sector because everyone in the what i'd like this is, sounds really stupid to say this uh, ariel and and um, I always find this very awkward to say, but I, I do would argue to say that a lot of people in our industry, in the watch industry, knows my name, right? Which is amazing, which I'm extremely grateful for. Um, but there's a lot of industries that go hand in hand as a, a, hand in hand with the watch industry, which do not know my name. And for me to go and and always make watch content, which is of course where it all started, which is important. We're just going to add some automotive stuff there as well because that is very close to my heart. That's my passion, and it gives us another opportunity to funnel a lot of or to show people uh, what we actually do. At people Brand like Opinion. cars, yeah. People like cars. People like watches. I mean, 
the automotive world is also for grabs. I don't want to do any business in the automotive world, but if we do more content regarding cars, that will, in the end, funnel more people towards watches. And that's what we want to create. We want to create more risks than there were before. Because we create the risk where the brands can sell the watches. I'm going to ask a sideways question here for a minute. And I'm just curious your opinion on this. Now, you have a very special strategy as a store. Yeah. Every every store needs what they call foot traffic, which in the digital space is a little bit unique. And getting ongoing traffic is the goal. You don't have people coming to your store. You're not going to sell watches. You're not going to get new customers. Once you have new customers, there's a different mission you have to maintain that relationship. But you still need a lot of people just stumbling upon your store. And if you're on a street corner somewhere, you know, people will inevitably walk or drive by. If you're a digital platform, your, your website might as well be in the middle of space. Unless yeah. someone is specifically going there, they're going to miss it. So uh, Nico's strategy is to have um, a, a media company which is responsible for getting and keeping attention, and that interest can be funneled to the store. Now, here's the question. There's others out there, lots of other digital first stores who will never or can never do your media side. No. What do you think for them should be the answer to getting traffic? You know, do they do they have to just is it a lot of advertising? I mean, again, that 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 benefits others like a blog to watch or are there other strategies because all of them will need to have this traffic and without a scheme if you will, they're not going to get it. Like if I if I if I I wish I could answer that question like I wish I could because then I would <laughs> would would be double double successful. We're still trying to figure that out. How can we funnel people? How can we get more traction and not using social media as our main uh, our 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 main source? Because of course, uh, social media. And we're doing we're, listen. We're doing incredibly well, and we sell a lot of watches every day. And this is all because of social media. And we've never spent a penny on advertisement, and it worked, right? But I'm also trying to figure out a way to do this differently. Now, I think I have found this way. And this will, like, I found something that is gonna, that I'm actually creating. So I've been working on that for six months. I'm gonna launch this by the end of July, hopefully, the end of August, hopefully halfway July. Um, you just okay. need to be creative, right? And it, it, maybe it doesn't make sense now for this podcast, what I'm saying, but. You need to be very, very creative. And I don't want to spend money on advertisement, which I think big businesses should, right? But I I just wanted to find a different angle, different way. Because so we and, and there is a way which I which I think will work and will actually add value to our industry and will promote our business at the same time. And it will not cost money, but it adds a lot of value to the end consumer and therefore to us as well. And I, I, I can't say um, it's mad, but it doesn't make any sense now, but it will make sense in two months. Honestly. We'll go on this podcast. Okay. I wanna really I wanna I wanna go through this with you on this podcast again in two months. Okay, so we're gonna have another conversation about this thing yeah. you're excited about yeah. but just can't talk about right now. Because I'm trying not to use social media and there's a different way other than social media, but it is it is phone related. The long story short, I can't okay. say it, but it is very interesting. No, it's it's good, and and I think that that's you know we'll, we'll end this part of the conversation on on this point that the social media platforms, the channels, if you will, that Nico relies upon um, have a built-in unpredictability yeah. in the sense that 
they can change how they work or what they do in an instant, and there's no recourse. And I'll tell you a, little, a story. Uh, a couple of months ago, the blog to watch Instagram account was taken down for a full seven days, a full week, uh, due to a technical error on behalf of Instagram. We even have an email from them saying it was a technical error. So at, by no fault of our own, our Instagram account is down for an entire week. Uh, we have to ardently pursue this matter to get it reinstated. Again, trying to figure out what we did, which ended up being nothing at all. And we had, again, zero recourse. And this was, again, if we relied on the Instagram account for the entire company, this would have been disastrous. Yeah, exactly. And there's not a thing that we could do about it. This type of danger it for a business, your business. Is, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. So many, there's a lot of watch companies, and we're talking about solid jewelers, that when they put a name Rolex in, a, in, in their description and someone flags that account as saying counterfeit, Instagram or Meta in this case just says disabled account, dump, right? And this is a computer yeah. and you cannot speak with a person. It's not impossible you're speaking to a computer. And a computer can't make that decision. Can't make the can't see doesn't see the difference, right? So it just, I mean I'm sure you would rather pay. If you could pay a reasonable fee to just to use their services, yeah. get that their outreach, you'd probably happily do it. Yeah, exactly. And this is this is what uh, with a meta verified now recently. I think they 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 introduced this blue tick that you can buy for like twelve quid or something. And I highly recommend that because then all of a sudden you speak to a human, which is quite handy when there's a problem. And as well, the first the first month, there that, you go. First month that Meta has done that, they they made about eight hundred million, which is insane amount of money. But I rather pay for that as well. But so, social media businesses, including ourselves, we're very reliant on social media. And I'm trying to figure out, like I'm always have two scenarios because I wouldn't I wouldn't be the I wouldn't be a captain I wouldn't be a good captain of a ship. Right, the ship is the business. I wouldn't be a good captain if I can't sail my ship out of a storm, right? And if that storm right. means social media is 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 dying, or or we've lost this, or we've been hacked, and our accounts are deleted, where's our business then, right? So I'm trying to figure that out, and I think I found a way, and that's quite interesting. And uh, yeah, that will help promote the business. I can't wait to hear it. I'm I'm in no rush, but I'm genuinely enthusiastic to hear it because it sounds like you're doing something new, and that's what's necessary. This is still the age of great experimentation when it comes to all this online marketing yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I am. Uh, this is going to be. I hope this is going to be. This going to be equally as big as Pride and Pinion or what we've done with, with Pride and Pinion. And it will add value to a lot of people and a lot of businesses in the future. So no one has ever, no one knows about this. I've worked on this. It's the first time I actually publicly, first time I ever publicly said that something is happening, right? Because I've, we've, okay. we've, we've worked on this uh, for about eight months to date. So, uh, okay. Well, then, then. I guess the superlative audience will hear about it relatively soon. I will launch it. I'll promise you I will launch it with you. Right? Okay. Nico, that, that sounds great. In our remaining minutes, I want to move to a different line of questions here related to some of the things you're learning when you're going out in the world and meeting with people. And the watch industry is entirely reliant on perception, right? People have to look at these things and, and have a perception, have an emotion, which makes them want to learn about where and ideally buy uh, these types of items. And so, and this is a changing culture, right? Tastes change and things like that. 
as being someone right there on the ground, shaking hands and meeting with people from highly sophisticated collectors to novices, what are some of the things you're learning about, not just what's popular and what people like, but also some of the, the, the changing areas in, in people's sentiments, uh, the way that they perceive brands? Uh, just, again, talk about what's happening um, on, on, right there in the communities. What I, what I hear today is, is, and Rolex is always the first name that, that everyone always talks about and where I'm going to talk about. What I, what I hear is, is, is an unfortunate trend that people are just absolutely getting absolutely done with Rolex and the way they've treated, they, 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 the authorized dealers treated their customers. And it's now becoming very concerning, right? And then I'm quite close to London, right? This is a big, big one, right? And now I, for the right. first time I heard watch dealers and jewelers, actual jewelers, struggling with sales. And it's got nothing to do, of course, it's a small thing to do with the economic situation, but just because their customers don't want to buy any watches because they can't wear them anyway. Right, this is a really concerning thing, right? That that last bit that's really, really concerning. And they can't wear them for safety concerns. Exactly. Is that what you mean? London, London, you, you can't wear a watch. Simple as, right? In Los Angeles, I I don't think it happens very much, but during the height of the pandemic, there was some noteworthy robberies of people wearing watches on the street, probably similar stuff in London. Um, even though it doesn't happen that often, it, it scares people a lot, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, but in London, it happens multiple times a day, multiple times a night. I see. And uh, um, I'm actually, this is funny enough, um, I'm trying to get, uh, this is an organized crime group, right? Um, and we've, uh, together with, uh, because because we have a lot of media reach, we've got uh, like not another police force, but someone that investigates this, they ask our help. Maybe if if, if they want to use our platform, and of course they told these guys told me a few things, and it's an organized crime group, right? And they all work together. They're all in this in this together, and I would love to have one of these guys in front of the camera sometime and just like, what is going on here, right? And just get these people to to talk about this because this is... You want to interview the criminals? Yeah, and the reason for this is because I want to expose that for the way it is because it's it's costing jobs, mate. It's not just money from rich people, what they say, because that is that is the feedback I've heard. Uh, we're, taking, we're, taking, we're taking a watch. These guys have a lot of money and we're just taking the watch. That's a lot of money from, for, for them as well. But they don't realize what it actually, what it actually on the back end causes. Like job losses. You mean criminality is wrong and causes no, no, all no, no, kinds no, no, of no. downward issues? No, 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 100%, 100%. But what I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, right, I, you can complain about an issue, right? This is, everyone always complains about issues, but never tries to find a solution, right? Not that I know, but at least to try to figure out, it's like, I want these guys on camera. I want to see this. I want to follow these guys. I want to, if I had the money, I would do, I would hire several private investigators and just get this followed and then just get them on camera and then get them on the point to talk about it. Right. It's like, and then confront them. I would love to do that, but I do think it's very dangerous to be honest, but it is, a big, like it's happening every night, mate. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Okay, so you're learning that people are worried about yeah. wearing Rolex and the crimes, uh, but other watches aren't really being taken, are they? It's basically right. just Rolex and a few noteworthy things, maybe Royal Oaks, I don't know. AP, AP, Patek, these guys are getting so well-read into this industry, 
It's 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 like the special. Some of them are highly specialized, apparently, and they know what someone else is wearing, and they'll follow you and they they'll hit you. It's bizarre, mate. It's bizarre. You're you're right. It's definitely uh, an issue. Um, anything on the more positive or optimistic side, which you're learning, because not everyone lives in cities where that's an issue. London obviously is trying to overcome that and other problems that you know are 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 well aware of the the law enforcement there. But just in general, there's so many new watches coming out and so many changes in prices and tastes, case sizes, designs. Uh, I'm guessing you're seeing people wearing lots of bright colors. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, that, case that's, sizing, that's something that I love to see. Case sizing going down, I, I love seeing that, right? I, okay. uh, it gives me another another reason to lose a, lose a few points uh, because I'm wearing some <laughs> cool watches. I see a lot of... Lot of, lot of like a lot of brands popping up and doing some some really unique stuff, right? And cool stuff like Rolex is what Rolex was doing. This is nuts, right? I mean, it's just it's just crazy cool stuff, right? I see that the watch industries, the the brands are starting to make have a bit of fun again, right? And and I like that. I very much like that. I'm looking forward to the new Pelagos 39 that's being introduced in uh, on Friday that no one knows about, but it's going to be blue. <laughs> And uh, it's not very original, but whatever. Like it's, it's just, <laughs> it is cool, right? It is cool. I like it. I just, I like that stuff. And um, yeah, I see, I see a lot of cool stuff. It's so great to hear you still have sort of a childlike joy when you talk about watches, right? Because I think that's what you need. You need to get excited yourself about wearing and talking about these products to All do right. what you do, what I do, and what other colleagues in our space do. And so great that that despite all. All, all sometimes the headaches and the hectic travel, you still get excited by that. That's that's the real measure, right? Like as long as you're excited about the product, then you should continue to keep doing what you're exactly. doing. Exactly. There was a, a guy, I was in, a, in an airplane today flying from uh, Warsaw, Poland to, to Germany, where I am now. And there's this guy sitting next to me with a, with a, with a lovely, like really, really cool watch, right? Just a, it's a 16800, right? Uh, it's a, the, the first Submariner date, right? Right. And this guy told me this passionate story about like he got this watch when he was an older gentleman, right? He got this watch and he was so passionate about that. And it's like, that is, a, he didn't know who I was. It was an older gentleman. And I was like, I love that. And I can just talk watches with this guy and I can just hear his story. This is what I love, right? The stories that people have with watches. And this is why our industry is so beautiful. Name me any industry that has a, that, that has a history like, like ours. Name, name me any, name me any industry where brands are like, 200 years old because I can't. I mean, the more you get into the watch industry, the more you see how sort of strange it can be for better yeah. or worse. But it's, it is a weird industry that you have to get to know uh, slowly over time. Nico, we're, we're out of time for this chat. Remind everyone where they can find you and Pride and Pinion on the internet. Prideandpinion.com if you want to buy or sell your watch. <laughs> and um, my personal Instagram, Nico Leonard Vanderhorst. V-A-N-D-E-R-H-O-R-S-T. And if not on YouTube, Nico Leonard. I'm very proud of myself. I've, I've, I've not used any bad language during this podcast. I do this specifically and only for you, Ariel, um, where I specifically watch my language. So uh, I'm so glad you have this outlet. Isn't that nice? It's amazing, man. It's amazing. <laughs> I appreciate you very much. and You're doing great things. And I'm, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing you, uh, seeing you soon. Are you going to be at, at Do I Watch Week or are you going to be involved in any events? Really? I will. Yeah? I will be at Dubai Watch Week. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be there as well. I'm, I'm, I'm my. The funny bit is, it's about two weeks before my uh, my 
beautiful my beautiful wife is is giving birth to our second child so i hope that we'll oh. all fall together nicely but um i'm gonna be there so uh that's okay amazing. We'll, we'll we'll have to we'll talk kids we'll talk watches and we'll talk dubai everyone this has been um another superlative podcast with nico vanderhorst nico thank you so much thank you ariel Thank you for listening to another episode of the Superlative Podcast. Support the show by subscribing and rating it on your preferred podcast platform. For questions, comments, and ideas, please email the show at superlative at blog2watch.com. For the latest in watch news, reviews, and culture, visit blog2watch.com.